Hi, everybody, and welcome to another new edition of Live from Pawnee. I'm Alan, and with me is my as and with me as always is my co-host Mark. Mark, how you doing today, buddy? I'm Better fine. me, I hope. I'm fine. I'm yeah. fine. I've been yeah. told that I'm fine. Yeah. Um, well, you know what? I know I'm doing good. You know, we're 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 sitting here once again, as per usual for us. We're here at LFP Worldwide Headquarters. We're enjoying our delicious, delicious Arbucks coffee. Yeah. Um, and we're we're now coming to the end of the year yeah. of, of 2023. Yes. And so time I, to regret all of our actions. I think we should market Arbucks coffee. It just hit me. Like we that needs to be our product. Yeah. Yeah. The official uh coffee of uh, the Parks and Rec uh, second best uh you know podcast. First best. Well, it's first best but second most popular. All you right. know, the other one's got the stars. Who could argue with that? Whatever. Like yeah. all right. I They're guess. still on hiatus. Well, then how, so I think we, you we know, win. What? yeah, but yeah. look, when you play cards with someone yeah. and they don't show up, you win by default. That's right. Yeah. That's I think we win by default. That's how I win poker. <laughs> well, <laughs> I changed the location of the game. You is a genius. I is a genius. Mm. Yeah. Well, hey, Mark, uh, I think we're here to talk about episode two of season seven. My gosh. We're, yeah, we're, yeah, we're past we're, the beginning. We're, we're just ticking right through. We're marching right along. There's only 12, so this is going to go really fast. Holy cow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's 12, right? Not 13? Or is it 13 it's, depending on It's 12 on you if you count the finale as one. one. But it's yeah. a double-sized episode. Yeah. We might we might split it up again. We might not. We'll see. We'll see when we get yeah, there. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what mood we're in. Yeah, we're going to yeah. zig or zag. You don't we'll know. Z- you never know. Mm-mm. This episode is titled Ron and Jammy, one of my favorite titles of all time. Yeah. It's terrific. And uh, they, we'll see how they got that, that title here in a few minutes. It first aired also on January 13th. And I say also because basically uh, when we came back from a about a six month break. That's right. They aired episode one and episode two right in a row. Back to back. Yeah. Back to back as the kids say. Yep. Uh, Episode one was 2017, which we covered last week. This week we're covering episode two, Ron and Jammy. Yup. And if you look at the old TV guide here at the time, I think, uh, uh, marry me and about a boy were the shows next. And then Chicago fire was already in play, which that show's still on, which Hmm. is crazy. So, wow. Yeah. So, I don't know if Chicago Police or Chicago Medical or Chicago Janitorial, if any of those were still on yet, but Chicago Fire was. That's amazing. Chicago Janitorial is my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know what? I can see that. Yeah. You know, once the middle rap, Neil realized that he had that experience being a janitor from Scrubs, so they got him. He's in Chicago Janitorial. Oh, he's brilliant. He's brilliant. Yeah. I would watch him in anything. I would too. Yeah. This episode was also, like episode one, directed by Dean Holland. So this is now his 26th of 27. Oh, so he's the penultimate. He is his penultimate uh, for the golden megaphone. Right. He's got one more episode. All right. Fair enough. Who gets the golden pen or pen zizzes? It's just a pen this week. Well, good. I can't afford it anymore. It's Harris Whittles. And this was Harris's last episode. Gotcha. 11 of 11. This episode aired in January. Of uh, 2015. And unfortunately, Harris died in February the next month. Wow. Yeah. So, and I know these episodes were all probably shot and recorded at the, somewhere Before in 2014. Time. Right. But, you know, it, it wasn't long after that we lost Harris. And that's just very, still very sad. Very funny guy. I mean, gosh, such missed. a bright. I mean, he was a producer on this show for dozens and dozens and dozens. Actually, I th- feel like he just had an upward trajectory. And sadly, that isn't what happened for him. So, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, rest in peace. Yeah, rest in peace. And you can still see his footprint on this terrific show all over the place. Absolutely. So, yeah. 
Well, hey, Mark, uh, why don't we get into our synopsis and get this thing on the road? We got right. to. Oh, hey, we should say before we go, this is a producer's cut today. It is a producer's cut. Yeah. How you like them apples. 27 minutes and five seconds. Yeah. And uh, I reviewed both the standard cut and the producer's cut this Me week. Me too. All right. Well, it'll be interesting to compare notes on that later. Well, hey, Mark, uh, before we get into this, I, I should also ask, I know we had Robonstantine last week. We had Robonstantine. Right, because the guys are stuck in the future. They're stuck in the future. If we you haven't don't know what we're talking about, yet. go listen to episode one, because we explained it pretty well there. Yeah, this is these are important plot points. You won't be able to follow the show <laughs> unless you what's happening. listen to the last episode. So I, I'm assuming, like we did before, the interns kind of took turns being right. the producer. Right. I'm assuming it's Carvey today? Carvey's yeah. robot? Or Harvey's robot? Carvey? Yeah, it's going to be Carvey, but Carvey, I think... It has a, a a Mac operating system, and so we we no. couldn't we couldn't interface uh, well, and so Mac OS uh, ninety nine point seven. It's 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 uh, <laughs> the heat of Indy ninety nine point seven. No, it's 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 is uh, it's not working right. So we're okay. going to be using Robonstantine uh, once more. Once more. I asked him, and he didn't. I hadn't powered him on yet, but I asked him, and he didn't say no. But he didn't kill you in the middle of the night. That's because we powered him down to make sure you survive. He had the Windows screensaver going. <laughs> I it was fine. I I powered him down. He I'm mostly sure that I'm safe. All right. So let me. All right. So hold on. All right. Let me. I'm gonna power him yeah, back get him up going. here. All right. Here we go. Robonstantine online. All right. Okay. He's he's on. All right. Rock and roll. That's sweet. Yeah. Well, well, I think we're ready to get this thing on the road then. Yes, we is. Synopsis is incoming? Yes, synopsis is incoming. Right, bring him in, Mark. I'm gonna. I I broke this sucker up into three stories. All right. That's two weeks in a row. Pretty I love good. the smell of victory. Yeah. Um it actually smells like oil. It does. You got a leak back there, buddy. All right. So it was suggested to me by Brass that I need to do way better. Wow. I kind of phoned it in last week. And so I, I kind of summoned up whatever meager creative juices I have. And I have sure. a theme. Oh, uh, as theme. a matter of fact, what's your theme? When they first, when I first gave it to them, they thought I was you because you usually have like a theme. I do sometimes have And a theme. then you have to explain the theme because your themes are real complex. So I thought <laughs> I want to be, I want to, I want to be fair. like Alan and I want to have a, like a thinker, a, better. a yeah. thinker, or maybe a better. And so here, my theme is, uh, child slash youth oriented entertainment titles that were scrapped. All right. You know what I did? I okay. got it. All right. So the A story is I do not like green eggs and jam. <laughs> I like that. Which they actually almost kept. <laughs> Cause, it's cause, very close. Yes. You, could, you could use, I mean, jam, jam and ham. Some toast or what? Yeah. I mean, I would not have it. No. All right. <clears throat> I do not like green. Jam. Um, with the Pawnee City Council voting on rezoning the Newport land for commercial use, Leslie wants to them to vote no. So this will eliminate Grizzle from the land competition altogether. When she finds out the deciding vote is held by Councilman Jeremy Jam, Leslie pays him a visit, only to find that A, he's made himself look like Ron Shudder. Well, somewhat at least. Yeah. And then, I mean, as much as he can. And B, apparently he's now with Tammy. Tammy. Tammy, too, who completely controls him in all ways, including. She's here. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> including how he votes. He's like a puppet. To, He's a puppet. To, to, to yeah. Leslie tries to convince Tammy to side with her in order to torture uh, Ron, because that's what she likes to do. Yeah. Um, this seems like a sure thing. But later when the council heard arguments, Jam immediately declares his intention to side with Ron and Grizzle, a move orchestrated by Tammy, Tammy to try and win back Ron. Wow. Leslie tries to break up Jam and Tammy, 
but in the process realizes that Jam is a broken, miserable shell of a man. Leslie puts her vote agenda on the back burner instead wanting to just help Jam escape the clutches of Tammy, even if that means teaming up with Ron to do it. Wow. What will happen? Will Leslie and Ron put aside their differences to help Jam? Can Jam escape the clutches of the dreaded Tammy too? How will Jam vote regarding the Newport land rezoning? Stay tuned to find out dot, dot, dot. Very nice. Yeah. It's not, it's not, not ironic to me that Morningstar, you know, what seems to be the source of their beef. Right. Also makes breakfast food. Mm. Just saying, just saying. They make, vegetarian breakfast food. They make food. thicket breakfast food, They make they? thicket breakfast food yeah. that I eat. Yes, yes. Yeah. It's not real breakfast no, food. No, I like your it's, theme it's, this it's, week. It's, it's you like that? I do, yeah. yeah. My, I, I'm theme adjacent this week. I don't really have a theme. <laughs> oh, um, I have a, I think I've got a movie title, a band name, and a song. Oh, so good. So I, I wasn't really hit on anything. So Well, entertainment titles. There, That's th- what I said. That, that is my theme, Mark. Excellent. You, there you have it. We're on the same page. So my A story... It's a movie, I think. It's called The Devil Wears Jam. Wow. <laughs> and it's not like wrong. Like a hat? Like a hat. Wow. I mean, she's this puppet master. Like a record. Okay. So she wears him like a puppet. Nice. There you go. Yeah. How about your B story? How about them B stories? All right. My B story I have is entitled Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Joan. Slow clap. It's too good not to. Yeah. All right. right. (laughs) Ben and April attend a Pawnee Walk of Fame inductee ceremony to honor Joan Calamezzo. You notice in this episode they're calling him Joan Calamezzo? Mezzo. I didn't I didn't catch that in earlier episodes. I was I believe they actually literally in Perkins said mezzo in the past. Which is what I've always said. But maybe somebody hit them up and said, you know, in real Italian that would be mezzo. It doesn't matter. It's just, There's it's a interesting. soft T in there. Yeah. But you yeah, notice yeah. that. Yeah. Well, in, in music, ZZ is usually with a soft T in the middle. Yeah. ZZ well. top. Right. Exactly so, what I meant. <laughs> all right. Take two. Beep. Ben and April attend a Pawnee Walk of Fame inductee ceremony to honor Joan Calamezzo. Mezzo. Whatever it takes. Despite being quite crazy in many, many ways, yeah. Joan delivers a speech which hits April hard and makes her start thinking about her job and what she finally wants mm. to do with her life. April ends up confiding in Ben and he tries to help her figure things out, including having her take an online vocational test, dialoguing with her about what she might want to do. Yeah. And it then occurs to April that she might want to be a mortician. Weird. How will this turn out? What is the result of April's online vocational test? Can Ben convince April to not live under a bridge and ask people riddles before they cross? (laughs) Will April decide to become a mortician? Stick around, podcast viewers. All will be revealed. Dot, dot, dot. It's hard not to be attracted to a, a, uh, you know, one of those uh, jobs there with a body shoot. Cadaver shoot. Cadaver shoot. Excuse me. In the business, that's what we call it. In the business. You know why? Why? Alliteration. There it is. Cadaver shoot. I love it. Mark, uh, you know, this uh, this title I came up with, this is about the the storyline about April's destiny. Mm. So mine was Destiny's Weird Child. Mm. (laughs) So... (laughs) It's a little weak sauce, but you know what? Destiny's Wednesday. Destiny's Wednesday, yes, very much so. 
Not not untrue. How about your sea story, Mark? All right, sea story incoming. Uh, I have this as Tom and Andy's excellent adventure. I like that. Yeah. All right. Andy celebrates Tom's success with him, but finds out that Tom isn't content just being a big time mogul. Mm. He wants to have someone special in his life. And as Tom and Andy mm. discuss things and drink, uh, Andy sees a grizzle text come through from Lucy, prompting him to drunkenly suggest that he and Tom go to Chicago to meet up with Lucy. Mm. The pair sober up during the long cab ride there, get out, and Alan, as fate would have it, immediately bump into Lucy. Weird. Plot point. Um, Andy makes up a story as to why they're there, and they spend the day with Lucy. Tom realizes how much he misses Lucy and wonders if she could be the one considers how or if it could work between them since Lucy lives in a different city. Weird drama. What will happen? Is Lucy interested in Tom? Will Tom ask Lucy to come back to Pawnee with him? Does Andy finally get to go to Ben and Jerry's? Hang in there, true believers, only time will tell, dot, dot, dot. Very nice job. Yup. My, my final title was uh, Lucy in the Sky with Dramas. Nice. So, Very yeah. nice. Yes. little tip of the hat to the Beatles. Very much so, yep. yes. The wonderful Beatles. How about your AKA, Mark? I know you have one. I just have one. And just one. Just one. Me too. It's by Leslie. I got a backup, but I just have one. (laughs) (laughs) That you're going to admit. Mine is uh, from Leslie and it made me laugh so hard. The snooker has become the snorked. That was my backup. Really? It was. Oh man. What's the one that's not that, that, so we don't be the same. Thank God. She says, my experience with butt faces, you are one. Oh, that's a yes. great one. Yeah, that's pretty much a t-shirt right there. Yep. Isn't it? So, But that, those are from the same scene, pretty much. Yes. So once again, we're in sync, Mark. Well, we're not the band. Actually, though. mine is from the scene after that. Oh, you're right. But they're, they're scene adjacent. Mark. Yes. Yes, they are. <laughs> Everything's going to be adjacent to something today. I feel it. Yep. Well, hey, speaking of that, why don't we get into our, uh, our uh, breakdown thing? So time to break it down. Cold open time. Our cold open starts at City Hall and we see Leslie walk up to the office of Councilman Jeremy Jam. <sighs> Take a deep breath and enter. And Jam is sitting at his desk with his beard shaved, sporting a big mustache hmm. with his clothes and hair done to look like Ron. Weird. Uh, Robonston team. Uh, start us off, buddy. Play the clip. Nope, my girl. What up? I just farted. Oh, Jeremy, <laughs> I truly thought that I would never have to interact with you again. I missed you too. The city council is voting on whether to rezone the Newport land for commercial use. If I win, stupid Grizzle and stupid Ron can't build anything there, and then I'm sitting pretty. Sadly, the deciding vote is from my old city councilmate and human equivalent of gas station sushi, Jeremy Jan. <laughs> is there something different about you? What you are noticing is the swagger of a man who is in a pretty steamy relish. This bull has been tamed. Well, congratulations, and I insist you do not elaborate. So, I am here to talk to you about why you should vote no in the zoning issue. Whoa, 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 hold up, little chica. Before we go any further, I need to ask my girlfriend how she wants me to vote. Why? Who's your girlfriend? Hello, Leslie. Tammy. Uh, tammy whenever anybody sees her Mm -hmm. tammy Mm -hmm. it's it's a it's a dramatic 
uh, exclamation of her name followed by a pause just to absorb it. You have to. I can't not but help think of South Park with Timmy. Yeah. It's a little little bit on the nose. Yeah. (laughs) A little bit. bit. Yeah. I like it. Well, at the risk of potentially losing her lunch, Leslie sticks around following the cold open mark to try to convince Jammy to swing their vote to her so that the national parks can take over the Newport land. Seems like a high price to pay, Mark, but uh, should we just play this one and, and since we're still here in Jam's office? Yeah, it just seems like a continuance. All right. Uh, Robostantine? Uh, play the clip, please. Wow, Jam and Tammy. Jammy. Jammy. <laughs> you guys are so cute. When did you, why would either one of you, uh, you know, why? Dear God, why? <laughs> Hit it off a karaoke. She saw me nail Gangsta's Paradise. I saw her bite the door guy. <laughs> she then let me buy her a bunch of purses. Bunch. And the rest is history. Bottom line, I'll vote however Tammy wants me to. <laughs> I'm basically your puppet. No big deal. <laughs> I moved here solely to destroy Ron Swanson. That's the only reason I'm still here, actually. Wait a second. This is great news, because Ron is my opponent in this. And you live to torture Ron. Vote for me, so that you can screw Ron over. Maybe you're not a blonde bimbo after all. Thank you. Oh, let me mull it over. Sure, I'm aligning myself with terrible people, but think of all the wonderful people who will benefit from a national park. It's worth it. And you can trust my opinion, because I have a lot to gain by being right, and I have severe tunnel vision about achieving my goals. <laughs> That's the second week in a row that she said something about her focus that we would totally agree with. Yeah, I yeah, agree. Very kind of self-effacing and nose, you know, right on the nose. Accurate. Yep. She's nuts. It, it, but, but she realizes it. She does realize it. To but she's extent. doing it for the kids, for a good cause. For the greater good. For the greater good. I yep. like that. Yeah. Well, back in the bullpen, April is clearly in need of some cheering up, and Ben has just the right idea to put her in the right frame of mind. That's right. We're still at City Hall, and we, we now cut to the bullpen where we see Ben walk up to April's desk, congratulating her on the new title she has. And April scoffs at this as the title change is, I think it's from Regional Affairs Director to Executive Director Regional Affairs, whatever. Yeah. Um. Ben then invites April to attend that day's ceremony, which he explains is one of the walks of fame they are doing for notable Pawnee citizens due to the Pawnee Bicentennial. And today's recipient is none other than Joan Calamezzo. April becomes excited at this a lot as Joan is completely insane and April loves (laughs) her for it. So, Helen, I, I, I love this talking head. She she gives a few examples of how what a crazy, crazy person Joan yeah. is like. One is that she apparently once gave every member in her oh. audience a car, a car. They but fight one, to the death one car, it. a single car. And they all had to fight to the death for I love it. it. Um, she she's a, she did a string of shows when she went to rehab. Oh, yeah. Interviewing people and saying their names. And like, this is supposed to be anonymous. What are you doing? (laughs) Um, And then she did a show where she was apparently while she was sitting on On a a washing washing machine. machine, Yeah. She called all of her (laughs) ex-boyfriends. She's nuts. She's nuts. And April really hopes that secretly Joan is her Her mother. (laughs) Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I can totally see that. I think the, the one where she's sitting on the washer. We'll talk about that one in deleted scenes as well. Yep. Well, over at Tom's Bistro, Tom's mogul life seems to be doing very well, but his personal life might have just taken it on the chin as a result. 
And Andy offers to help cheer him up, you know, with the uh, free alcohol. It's weird how it's free. <laughs> uh, it's delicious how it's yeah. free. We now cut over to Tom's Bistro, where we see Andy sitting at the bar with Tom, I guess, standing behind it. I guess he's serving as the bartender, sure. for, at least for the moment. And Andy is reading a a grizzle book, I, I think, which yeah. is something similar to like an iPad or yeah. a tablet, something yeah. like that. And he's specifically looking at, he's reading an article focused on Tom and his achievements. And and Andy's really proud of him. And Tom's really proud of Andy being proud of him. And Tom orders a <laughs> round of drinks on the house. And a few moments later, in the background behind Andy, we see a man on one knee proposing to a woman yet again. Yeah. And and the woman says yes. And everybody applauds. And, and this reminds Tom again that he has no one. And Tom vents to Andy, man, I, being a mogul is great and everything, but I want to find someone to share my life with. And Andy feels for him and suggests a quick fix for that. Let's get hammered because everything here is free. Everything apparently is free. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if it's free to Tom. Mm. I can see that. As he said, this is a fourth engagement this month. So he's constantly being reminded that, uh, you know, he doesn't have that person. In his yeah, life. I get so, that. Yeah. Well, back at City Hall in the council chambers, Leslie is preparing to present her case when it becomes all too clear that Leslie has been land jammed. <laughs> Very nice. We now cut back to City Hall, where we see Leslie enter council chambers and take a seat across the aisle from Ron. And the two exchange a few mild barbs, I think. And then we hear a gavel banging and we see lead councilman Hauser in the center seat, yeah. flanked by... Councilman Milton on his left, yeah. who has his hair dyed black and I is listening it. to music on a rectangle of some sort, <laughs> and Councilman's Dexart and Jam on his right. Yeah. Ron walks up to the audience podium and begins presenting his argument, but he doesn't even get five seconds into it before Jam says, okay, that's it. I'm done. I intend to vote for Grizzle tomorrow, so we can just wrap this up. I think we're done here. Yeah. And Leslie and Ron are both stunned at this ron pleasantly so sure. and leslie is exasperated and furious that she didn't even get a chance to speak i love it yeah um so so leslie complains that she didn't even have a chance to say her plan and jam says your plan she says you know you know who else had a plan don't say adolf hitler hitler yeah so oh well he's jeremy jam what'd she expect <laughs> it's a stash thing you wouldn't understand you would not understand <laughs> You know, I have a bone to pick here, though, Mark. What that is? Where's Leslie's uh, council seat? Um, it's a uh, not. It's a. Uh, I don't know. Where's Ingrid DeForest? I don't. She's in the forest somewhere. I assume she's Ingrid of the forest, so it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Not maybe Ingrid lost in the. Oh, see, forest. I mistranslated her name. But I noticed that too. Like I expected yeah. there to be five. Yeah. But you know. Well, and you know what? There are five. We find out later. Oh, that's true. But we don't know who the fifth one is. They don't show it. That's a good point. Yeah. I forgot all about that. Well, we now jump over to the Pawnee Walk of Fame where Joan is about to be honored and April's excited to meet her idol and get her book signed while the rest of us get to enjoy Joan being 100% Joan. Oh my gosh. Like even worse than old Joan. She's the new crazy Joan. Pure Joan Cut with pure craziness. Pretty much. Any other kind. Yeah. We now cut to just outside of City Hall, where the Pawnee Walk of Fame is taking place. And we see Ben have a private one-on-one -on -one talk with Joan before the ceremony starts. Uh, Robostantine? Uh, play the clip, please. 
Joan, on behalf of the entire city, congratulations. I do want to apologize for not being able to accommodate some of your requests. For example, we couldn't get a bottle of Chateau Marmont because it's a hotel in Los Angeles, not a wine. <laughs> well, did you at least get Buddy Holly to sing? No, because he's been famously dead for 60 years. What? Hi, Joan. <laughs> Hi, my name is April, and I'm your biggest fan, and oh. I pretty much hate everyone. Will you sign your ninth memoir for me? Well, it would be my pleasure. You said your name was Glenn? Yes, I did. <laughs> That's pretty. Genius, a flame. Joan Calamezzo, a portrait in words. Game of Jones. <laughs> by Joan Calamezzo. I threw the hot soup right in her face. It turned out she was not my waitress, but I think my point was made. <laughs> and that's when I knew Carl Malone was not the father. I estimate that 40% of all pop songs were written about me. I broke up the Backstreet Boys both times, and I would do it again in a heartbeat. My uterus is eight inches flaccid. <laughs> I once fell asleep while falling out the window of Mr. Belvedere's apartment. I have Randy Quaid's email address. That's how it ends. <laughs> Thank you, Commissioner Gordon, people of Gotham. Okay, she thinks she's in Batman. People often ask me, Joan, how do you do it? It's simple. I love being on TV. I've known what I've wanted to do since I was 10 years old. That is the key to living a good life. If you don't absolutely love what you do with a true passion, then what's the point in doing it at all? On a separate note, I think that America should have a purge night. Let me explain why. <laughs> Do I even like my job? Some two, got two important April talking heads there. Yeah. One where she's going through all the crazy craziness of... Yeah. I think Joan's book has four titles. Yeah. Genius Aflame, love it. colon, yeah. Joan Calamezzo, colon, A Portrait in Words, colon, Game of Jones. Yes. And this is her ninth memoir holy crap on a crap cracker <laughs> and then joan got to april yeah she's got her thinking yep yeah you can see it well you know i mean not a lot of people know what they want to do with their whole life at the age of 10 so i'm not even sure now no i i'm hoping to figure it out here one of these days yeah yeah well back at tom's bistro the boys take a few minutes to scroll through the latest on pawnee's futuristic social media and tom gets a text that could potentially send his personal life a lifeline that's right. We now cut back to Tom's Bistro, where we see Tom and Andy sitting at the bar, pouring drinks. They appear to be very drunk. Yeah. Um, Andy suggests Tom's future wife may be someone he already knows and starts going through the friends on Tom's grizzle page yep. to see if he can find any candidates. After a few uh, unfortunate and inappropriate suggestions by Andy, they <laughs> see that Lucy, now living in Chicago sent Tom a message congratulating him on the article and that they should catch up soon. An intoxicated Andy suggests they take off immediately for Chicago and find Lucy. An intoxicated Tom thinks Andy is brilliant and the two high-five each other and they take off for Chicago. I mean, even though they're drunk, she says, hey, Tom, saw you in the article, you boss. Let's catch up soon. Miss you. Yeah. So... I mean, I don't think he totally misinterprets the message. And it does seem a bit coincidental that he's sitting here going, man, who, who, who could I know that might. It's like the universe answered. Kind of. Yeah. yeah. It's kismet. It, it is a bit kismet. So we'll see. Well, at City Hall, Leslie confronts Jamie and learns that Tammy pulled a fast one in order to help her win Ron over. 
Oh, holy cow. Yeah, we now cut to the hallway just outside of council chambers. We see Ron exiting council chambers and with Leslie hot on his heels, clearly upset about what just happened in there. Uh, Robonston team, uh, play the clip, please. Ron, what did you do? I delivered a flawless presentation and secured tomorrow's vote. No, you got all sneaky and snuck around and snook that vote away from me. And I know this because earlier I sneaked and snooked around and Jamie was supposed to vote for me. The snooker has become the snort. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, she's near. Hey, Ron. Tammy. So you two are together now. My condolences to both of you. You guys were supposed to vote for me. Leslie, I would never do anything to help you. You've always been against me and Ron. You're a big part of the reason that he and I aren't together and I had to settle for this placeholder. Yeah, I love you so much. So you thought if you voted for Ron, you could actually win him back? Yeah, that's right. To work, baby. Are you horny with gratitude? <laughs> you two more than deserve each other. Good luck. The vote is tomorrow. If I don't get Jam out from Tammy's clutches, I'm doomed. It's like rescuing a bunny from a lion. But that lion is a demonic sociopath with really nice cleavage. <laughs> Mark, it occurred to me, and I meant to ask you this earlier. So we remember, and I think it was uh, episode, season six, episode 21 or 22. I don't remember. It was one of the last two, though, right? Because we covered that in two parts where Diane and Ron worked together to get these two interested in each other by right. basically selling it, you know, that they were, it would upset the other person. And so they did it just to be spite them. And then they seemed to wind up together at the end of that. That was three years ago. Have they been together for three years? That's the question. Oh God. Cause Holy cow. You wonder is, and I mean, Tammy even admitted like jam is just a freaking placeholder yeah. to her. So is she, that conniving and calculating that she would play the long con, so to speak, just to have a chance to go eh, to Ron. Well, I maybe think, I think one of the clips we're going to hear talks about her abilities around the long con. So we'll see. You know, one of the things I love about this scene, uh, it, it reminded me very much of uh, remember the the scene that you and I both talked about where Donna goes, I'm going to go Mjolnir on oh, his ass. Yes. And the camera yeah. like zooms, zooms up to in. a very yes. dramatic, bombastic yeah. swooping in. It's not exactly the same, but they do something similar, like where Leslie's talking to Ron and all of a sudden it stops. It zooms into his face. Yeah. Ron looks out into the middle distance. <laughs> She's near. Yeah. And there she is. Yeah. Because <laughs> you figure if this is really a, a documentary, so to speak, yeah. like they would zoom in on him and go, they would oh, zoom in on Ron's face. He's getting a whiff. <laughs> the lion has smelled the gazelle. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Well, back at City Hall, Leslie takes another swing at getting jammed to switch sides, but they have to be careful because Tammy has ears everywhere. Oh my gosh. We now cut back to Jam's office at City Hall where we once more see Leslie enter and Jam is sitting behind his desk, wood shavings everywhere. Mm -hmm. Apparently he's really hard at work whittling a stick. Uh, he's he's really good at it. He's too. an expert woodworker now. Of course he is, Alan. Um, that's why all the bandages are wrapped around gosh, his hands. He's, he's like a mummy, he is. Yeah. Uh, Leslie then asks Jam if he'd like to go to lunch. And Jam looks at her intensely and silently holds up one finger. And then he starts 
talking loudly. Lunch? Yeah, I am not having lunch with you, Nobna. You just you get, get out, out. You get out of here. And, and Leslie just kind of stares at him, and Jim, Jim leans forward and he whispers, "He's afraid that it, Tammy bugged his office, and and that and he's in. He is interested in going to lunch with Leslie, but she's got she got to act like she's leaving and just really uh, sell it." And the two go through a very uh. funny charade before finally leaving for lunch. If you have the DVDs or have access to Peacock's streaming service, please watch this yourself. I bust up laughing at this. Leslie doing her own Foley effects. Creak. I mean, it's not just, she says the words. Clip, clop, clip, clop, clip, clop. (laughs) And then he's like, yeah, you get out of here. Okay, I'm far away. (laughs) (laughs) Cracked me up. Uh, Well played. And by the way, this scene that I really, really liked. Yeah was 100% in the producer's cut and 100% not, not in the standard. That's a good point. We we did talk about that in our pre-show a little bit, that the the conflagulation, the configuration, whatever it is, yeah, yeah, of a producer's cut versus a standard cut, sometimes it's just an extension of scenes that did stay in. Right. This time we had scenes shifted in different order. We had scenes completely in the producer's cut, and like this one, not in the standard cut, and a couple scenes that were also extended. So right. we had a little bit of everything here. Yep, yep. we sure did. Yeah, including a few deleted scenes, which is crazy. So, yeah. Well, Mark, we now wake up along with Tom and Andy and Chicago and get a harsh reminder about the cost of being blackout drunk. And in this case, it comes in at just under 900 bucks. Holy crap. Yeah, we now cut to the great city. Of Chicago. Of Chicago. And, and specifically, we cut to an outside shot of a Chicago street where we see a yellow taxi pull up with a groggy Tom and Andy nearly passed out in the back of the seat. From Boston team? Play the clip, please. Going so well so far. Mm-hmm. All right, we're here. Sir, where the hell are we? Chicago. That'll be $830. Oh, no. This is so dumb. Turn the car around. We're going back home. No way. Pay me. Get the hell out of my cab. Pay the man. Chicago! The Big Apple! (laughs) Well, that's where Lucy works. Yeah. Must have given the cabbie the address. Why do I make such dumb decisions when I'm drunk? At least this time I didn't adopt a potbelly pig. Oh, Hampton. I loved him. I miss him, too. All right, let's go home. What? No, we came all this way, Tom. We should at least say hi. No, I can't not talk to someone for five years and then show up unannounced where they work in a different city. That's what murderers do before they murder someone. Tom? I thought that was you. What are you doing here? Oh, uh... You're not going to murder me, are you? No. I'm here doing stuff. Uh, Um... Lucy, hey, Andy, Dwyer, remember me? Yeah. He's here helping me find a place to live. I just got a job here, and then when you hit him up on Grizzle, he was like, let's go say hi to Lucy since we're already here in Chicago. Yeah, that's the deal. (laughs) Cool, what job is it? Head coach of the Chicago Bulls. Mm. No, he's uh, working at a nonprofit. No, what, am I? Oh, that sucks. (laughs) Well, um, listen, I got some stuff I gotta do in the office, but I wanna hang out, do you wanna meet me here in like an hour? Yeah, that sounds great. We'll uh, go get a little Chicago deep dish pizza and go watch the Bears. And oh. I'm sorry I started doing that. <laughs> he should be sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm like you. I, I thought, wow, that's very convenient that Lucy just shows up. But in fairness, they do cover. He must have given the address to the cabbie while he was drunk. So 
while it still is a little bit of a coincidence, they're at least in the vicinity of her workplace. They're right outside her building. Right. Which, okay, fair enough. But Chicago still has, you know, I don't know, 8 million people or something crazy. I mean, a few more. Yeah. Right. Yeah. A few, I was a few little, more than Pawnee. I was a little impressed at Andy coming up with Amazing. the impromptu, well, lie. But, but well, yeah, but it was perfect. It's pretty good. Until he said he was going to be the coach for the Bears. So. And then I love it. I'm a nonprofit. Oh, that sucks. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. In Ben's office, Ben comes up with a unique idea that might just help April find some inspiration for her future direction. Yeah, we now cut back to City Hall where we see April walk into Ben's office murmuring nervously. And April confides to Ben that she's having a lot of self-doubt about her job and the road she's chosen and what her purpose in life is, etc. Ben attempts to talk April down out of the crazy tree, so to speak, and talks to her a bit about what she might want to do. And finally, Ben suggests she try taking an online vocational test he's familiar Mm. with to see if maybe it can generate any ideas for her. Reluctantly, April sits down at Ben's desk, turns to the computer and starts taking the test. Well, he'll be happy with anything she comes up with unless it's astronaut, because that's what he keeps hoping. He's been trying to get that for the last (laughs) few years. It would kill him if she got astronaut. Uh, I don't blame him. That would be my dream job. Really? Yeah, I would totally be an astronaut. Oh, no, that's, that, that, that seems like work. I mean, if I could fit in the space capsule, I would totally be an astronaut. I'm not interested in that. No? All right. Like, I'm, I would eat astronaut ice cream. Oh, well, I have and will again. That's the little frozen things, right? It is, yeah, freeze-dried. Mm, freeze-dried. They're not terrible. They're not good either, though. <laughs> yeah, they're, 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 uh, they're uh, fiercely mediocre. They're fiercely <laughs> mediocre. But if you're in space, you can't just go to the 7-Eleven. So what are you going to do? Yeah, they don't have Arbucks or they whatever in space. So you got like, to deal with whatever they have good the hell coffee. you have. Yeah. <laughs> well, meanwhile, at Murphy's Steakhouse, Leslie and Jam get down to business as soon as they you know, sweep the place for bugs. And Leslie learns just how miserable Jam is living under Tammy's thumb. Yeah. Or whatever part of Whatever her part she's living she pushes under. Him down I don't with, know. Yeah. I can't keep track. I don't yeah. want to know because it's disgusting. But we now cut to Leslie and Jam having lunch at, like you said, Murphy's Steakhouse, a destination, I might add, chosen by Jam. Yes. When Leslie questions why you would choose that when he has IBS, yeah. Jam admits Tammy insists he only consume steak and whiskey. Hmm. Watching him drink the whiskey. With his nose plugged. Yeah. And they go, smooth. smooth. (laughs) Um, With her motive being to break up Jam and Tammy, Leslie starts talking about how unhealthy the relationship seems to be. However, the more Jam talks, the more it becomes obvious to Leslie that he is really genuinely in trouble. Like Mm -hmm. made even more obvious when he simply breaks down and he sobs loudly about how broken and powerless he is. So while Leslie's initial intent may have been to break them up for her own reasons regarding the vote, I think she's honestly starting to feel sorry for Jam and maybe even wants to help him just for the sake of helping him. Well, Mark, we now briefly bounce back to Ben's office where we've learned the results of April's aptitude test and she and Ben take a road trip to test out a potential vocation. (laughs) Yeah, still at City Hall, we now cut back to Ben's office. Apparently, April has finished the online vocational test. She got astronaut. 
She did not. Oh, okay. And Ben is now tabulating, because that would kill Ben. Would kill ben him. is tabulating the results, and the screen blinks, and then says, no matches. That's right. April stumped the freaking <laughs> she computer. the computer. When April expresses her frustration at this, Ben has an idea, hearkening back to something Jones said mm, at the yeah. ceremony. Specifically, she said she knew she wanted to be on TV when she was just 10 years old. So Ben asks April the same thing. What did she want to be when she was 10 years old? Mm. And we see April thinking, and then we see her eyes get wide. And then we cut to Lurpus Mortuary. <laughs> it's now a little later, and both April and Ben are here perusing the stuff in the lobby and reading pamphlets, etc., April Macabre, as always, is somewhat fascinated at all this. While this is a nightmare for Ben, <laughs> I think he likes death even less than he likes cops. Um, That's saying a lot. Yeah. Finally, a man named Dan Candle comes out to greet them, throws a few bad mortuary jokes their way, and then cheerfully offers to show them the cadaver shoot, which excites April and horrifies Ben. Well, yeah, because he's scared of death. Well, and he's not a macabre Wednesday clone that likes cadaver shoots. That's that's fair. Yikes. Yikes. Well, we now check in with Tom and Andy in Chicago, who have now met up with Lucy. And we take a few minutes to catch up on all things Pawnee. Yeah, we cut back to Chicago and we're still uh, outside on the streets where we see Lucy and Tom and Andy walking together and they're talking and it gets to where they're talking about Pawnee. Like you said, Tom and Andy tell Lucy about all the ways that Pawnee has changed. Um, you know, Tom's got a booming business there. Grizzle, the stuff Grizzle has done mm -hmm. in Pawnee. And Andy comments about how he's going to uh, miss it, you know, in keeping with his made up story of getting a job in Chicago. Um, and or a nonprofit. And Lucy, oh, it sucks. And Lucy admits she always kind of liked it in Pawnee. Yeah. And, and part of her really wants to go back. Hmm. Interesting. Well, that's not bad. That's not bad. Plus, Andy is now so convinced of this nonprofit job, he's worrying that he might not be making the right decision he's, to move to Chicago. wringing his hands. He's really <laughs> he's stressed about the decision that uh, doesn't exist. My goodness. Sweet, stupid Andy. Sweet, stupid Andy. Well, back in Pawnee, Leslie once again drops into enemy territory and temporarily calls the battle off in order to get Ron's help to save someone's soul, whether oh. he deserves it or not. We now cut to the very good building and development company. What a good name. It is a good name. It's not flashy, but it tells you their quality. It tells you what do they do. <laughs> Where we see Leslie walk into Ron's office. And while Ron, I think, is initially alarmed and, and wonders, you know, what the heck Leslie's up to, Leslie quickly tells Ron, no, 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 I want to call a truce. I, I need to work with you and you need to work with me mm. to help break up Jam and Tammy. And Ron scoffs at this, thinking it's a, this got to be a trick yeah, of some trick. sort. But Leslie it's insists this is, not, this is not about the vote and that Jam is really, really in trouble. And Ron may be the only one in the world who knows how best to help him. And Leslie then calls out into the hallway for Jam, who is apparently waiting there, yeah. to enter Ron's office. And Jam kind of hesitantly creeps in, looking like a total quivering mess. Ron is appalled and after a bit convinced that maybe he and Leslie do need to work together on this. I love it. 
And, and and Ron's reaction to seeing Jam is like horrified. Yep. And yet you can see he might be able to relate just a little bit. Well, Leslie specifically calls it out and yep. says, because he at first Ron, good God, man, what <laughs> happened to you? And Leslie says, Tammy happened to did Tammy happened yeah. to him? Remind you of anyone, Ron? You, the puffy face, the hunched yep. over misery, the dead yet somehow crazy eyes. Like you, <laughs> you know this because you were this. Yeah, that's not wrong. Not wrong. I love how he offers the gold bar. Oh yeah, like you keep a gold bar in your. If you say one unflattering thing, <laughs> you can have this gold bar. He couldn't do it. Does Tammy get to keep the gold? Oh, my God. <laughs> He's pretty far gone. He's far gone. Yeah. Um, I also love, too, that this is where Ron brings up the fact that, you know, Tammy doesn't play by the rules. In fact, she doesn't even play by the Geneva Convention when it comes to hostages. She certainly does yeah. not. So we will see what happens. Well, Mark, next up, we head over to one of the remaining Swanson cabins. We could tell you where it is, but then we'd have to kill you. Yep. Where Leslie and Ron are working on the old school deprogramming routine on Jam. That's right. We cut to Ron, Leslie, and Jam at one of the Swanson cabins. And like you said, deprogramming is taking place. Robostantine? Play the clip, please. I made this Tammy deprogramming kit in case I ever fell victim to her again. First, this is a chastity belt that I made by hand. <laughs> it might be a couple sizes too big for you, but you can just pat it. The first step is to cut out all sex. That won't be necessary. We haven't done the deed yet. She lets me rub up against her legs sometimes. Well, all the more reason to wear it. She knows she has that card left to play, and you best believe she will. We're also going to try a Pavlovian technique. Ron is holding Tammy's perfume. Girth. Ah. Uh. <laughs> <sighs> Smells good. Oh, cool. Again. <laughs> Tammy. Oh, how many times are we going to do this? Until the bottle is empty again. <sighs> Tammy. Oh. Oh. Tammy can't save you now. Where is she? I want her. Again. Twice. <laughs> Tammy. Oh. <laughs> it's going well so far, but it's too early to tell. Jeez. He was pretty far gone. <laughs> <laughs> Leslie is delivering some haymakers. I, I think Amy might have enjoyed that too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we now bounce back to the uh, Lurpus mortuary where April gets to know a little more about the profession and learns that not everything's quite as glamorous as it might seem. That's right. Uh, back at the Lurpus mortuary, uh, Dan Candle uh, continues to show uh, April and Ben around and it seems like it's going well, but unfortunately, reality sets in when Dan helps April realize she can't just sign up to be a mortician. She'll need two years of school, a year-long apprenticeship. The first few years will be mostly paperwork and filing. And at this, April gets very discouraged, because who wants that? And she decides to leave, with Ben following closely behind, being very glad to get the hell out of there. Yes, he is. You know, Dan Candle is actually married into the Lurpus family. He's married to Lurleen Lurpus. Is that right? That's how it happened. Yeah. Ah, that's so, awesome. Yeah. So and what a name, Dan Candle. Yep. Yeah. Well, back in Chicago, we see some familiar sights and Tom goes out on a limb to try to reconnect with Lucy. Yeah. We now cut back to Chicago where Tom and Andy are hanging out by the bean um, while Lucy is at a vendor buying them shirts. While Tom really enjoyed spending the day with Lucy, he's still a little unsure about how things would work. But Andy tells him to be bold and take a chance. That's why 
When Lucy comes back with their shirts, Tom asks her to come work for him in Pawnee. Mm. And Lucy is excited at the idea and thinks it sounds awesome, but she does need to talk to her boyfriend about it first. Dun, dun, dun. Um, oh, poor Tom. Oh, wow. Well, I mean, you know what? I think either way, he did want Lucy to come work for him. He just also saw this as a way to get closer to her. So, you know. I agree. I mean, she's she's very capable. Yeah. And I think that he could make use of her just as an employee. Either way. Yeah. yeah. I, I also love that uh, because they're standing in front of the famous Bean in Chicago. Andy says, hey, is this why it's called Bean Town? Yeah, that's why. Yeah. Uh, that in the the Big Apple, right? <laughs> so, well, back at the Swanson cabin, geolocation still undisclosed. The deprogramming continues, and while Jam seems to be improving, Ron shows him that he is not quite ready to face the She Devil. Yeah, the deprogramming continues, and this time, we'll try a little role playing. Robostantine, play the clip, please. Okay, we're going to do some scenes and demonstrate ways that you can resist Tammy. I will play Tammy, Ron will play you. Hey there, horsey. <laughs> oh my god. Time to mount up and ride on in a boner town. What do you say we get stanky in that pet store bathroom, huh, Jam? <laughs> huh? Do it. Huh? There will be no sex today, Tammy. Oh. Instead, why don't you go into the pet store and feed yourself to the snakes? To hell with you, woman. Goodbye. Hey, you big hunk of wiener me. I've got 40 hand towels, some energy uh, bars, and a Chinese finger trap. No. Let's get gross. This gambit has failed. To hell with you, woman. Goodbye. What are you wearing? It's a crotch blinder of my own design. In this scenario, <laughs> she will be coming at you pantsless. Oh, my God. Okay. Doors are locked. Windows secured. There is no way Tammy's getting in here. Jam! Strip down, you sex maggot! And hold! <laughs> what was your mistake? You didn't check the armoire. Tammy once camped out in my attic for six days awaiting my arrival. She survived on rats and rainwater. Let's run it again! <laughs> That's what I was talking about. She's familiar with the long, uh, the long con, so to speak. She is. Yeah. I was absolutely oh stunned at how good Amy Poehler Spot. did a Megan Mullally impression. Uh, I, I couldn't believe it. It was so. I I told my wife yesterday we rewatched it again before. I usually try to do that the day before, and I looked at it and I I, I was sure this time, but I I looked at least twice that she was not lip syncing and that Megan was actually doing the the dialogue. It's, it's that, that good. good. Yes. Now, they're both doing a character, of course, but their ability to do the same character, amazing. Yes. But we know Amy, we know that Amy Poehler is an amazing talent, right? Yeah, it, it's, it's not that I think that that would be totally beyond her capability, but she just did it so perfect. <laughs> because, like, you know, some impersonations, like, you can tell that they're, like, yeah. like, variations of what they should be, but you can tell who they're trying to be. I know what you mean, Ron. That is... That is carbon copy it, it is it, it's yeah it's so good it's spooky yes yeah well very, said very true well back in chicago tom and andy compare notes on tom's progress with lucy and andy gets just a little bit fixated on scoring an ice cream cone mm. and we now cut back to the streets of chicago where we see tom and andy getting ready to hail a taxi so they can go home and it seems like they have two opposing viewpoints alan yeah. on the one hand it looks like Tom is resigned to the fact that he came to Chicago on a crazy whim and yeah. he gave it a shot. But 
Lucy has a boyfriend. So that's that. At least yep. he knows that she's smart and capable and will make a good a manager. Yep. yep. On the other hand, M Andy firmly believes that Lucy and Tom have a spark and that, yeah, she has a boyfriend, but he still thinks something can happen. Mm-hmm. Well, that and he wants to get some Ben and Jerry's. He's, really he, gets, he really wants to get Ben and Jerry's. Yeah. Could we please get some Ben and Jerry's? <laughs> but in the end, Tom stands fast with his convictions and Andy stands fast with his desire to get some Ben and Jerry's. <laughs> he gets in the taxi that closes the doors. Then he gets out of the taxi and runs the Ben and Jerry's. Yeah, he's like, I'll meet you there. Yeah. Ben and Jerry's. Hopefully he finds a bus back to Pawnee. Well, back in Pawnee, it is time for the showdown with she who should not be named. Mm. And we see whether or not Jeremy came equipped to win this battle. Alan, we now cut to one of the worst places on earth. The stomping grounds of the she-devil Tammy 2. That's right. It's the Pawnee Public Library. (laughs) And it is time for a showdown. Robonstantine? Play the clip, sir. Okay, be strong, be direct, be quick and merciless. Leave no room for debate. Don't forget, you're Jeremy Jam. You drive a yellow sports car. You have a golf club cover shaped like a boob. You <laughs> say Marg instead of Margarita. Yeah, I invented that. Sure you did, buddy. Fine <laughs> <laughs> for the road. Hey, Jer Bear. What are you doing with these two jabronis? Tammy, I've given this a lot of thought. We should break up. What's the matter, little boy? Did the bad people get to you? They just made me realize how unhealthy this is. Literally, all the steak and whiskey, I have to wear a diaper. That's because you're my little baby. We drilled you on this, Cham. Baby talk, what do you do? I'm not a baby, I'm a big boy! Yeah, Yeah, okay. Well, that wasn't terrible. (laughs) Listen to Leslie, she's trying to manipulate you. All she cares about is herself, and I can prove it. Mm. How's this, Leslie? You leave us alone and we swing the vote to you. Ooh. Help you get your park. No. Nice try. Stay strong, Jeremy. It's over, Tammy. Tell you what, it's been long enough. What do you say we consummate our relationship tonight? Huh? Let's. Oh, she's do naked. It. <laughs> oh, and the last guys. card is played. What are you doing? <laughs> Shh. This is a lie. Ron, I need that crotch blinder. No, you don't. Just end it. Look at my boobs. No. Look downstairs. No. There's a prize inside for you. It's over, Tammy. <laughs> what? To hell with you, woman. Goodbye. Woo! How dare you? Are you kidding me? You'll be back. They all come back. They all well come done, back. Jeremy. <laughs> Turns out the crotch blinder was inside you all along. <laughs> Oh my God. Holy crap. Uh, it, it, the crotch blinder was inside you all along was almost my AKA. But uh, That's inspired. It's it's so good. Like if they hadn't written it, I would have complained. There uh, is, there is so much to love about this scene yes. and there's so much insanity yeah. in this scene. I, I, I secretly love part. One of it is just one of the most simple things when Leslie is, understandably aghast that yeah. this is a public library and she's naked and yeah. she goes, what are you doing? And the librarian goes, well, shush, this is a library. She's like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? You, <laughs> do you, 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 what do you happening? think is happening here? You're shushing me. That's her colleague. We've actually seen that character before. 
I bet she's probably seen her naked in the library before. That's why she's not shocked. It's like this. This is Tammy's altar of hell. It like is. this is like, yeah, I can get away with anything. They're her minions here. there. Yeah. Yeah. That's ab- clearly. That's absolutely right. Yes. Spot on. <laughs> the devil has to have her minions. Oh. Well, back at City Hall, April seeks advice from another mentor of sorts who is also apparently an astrologist. Yeah, we now cut to City Hall, where we see Donna sitting with April at her desk while she vents. Robonstantine? Play of the clip, sir. Donna, what do I do? If working around corpses isn't even right for me, then nothing is. I feel totally lost. Saturn's return. What? Saturn's orbit around the sun takes roughly 29 years. And when it gets back to where it was when you were born, lots of turmoil, self-discovery. When I was your age, I got banned from every riverboat in Germany. (laughs) Donna, April, what are you up to? Oh, you know, just regionally directing the Midwest, whatever, of who cares. It's amazing, wanna watch? I fill out these forms like this, and then I put it here. Then I take it, and I bring it over here. Hmm. Can you believe that they pay me for this because Don't say anything, but I would do this for free. Jeez. (laughs) I do miss you, Terry. Let me get you some napkins. April, you looked at one horrifying job. I've got a few more ideas. We'll find you something you like, okay? Okay. But you can't tell Leslie I might leave. She'll have a heart attack. Promise? (laughs) I promise. Why are you so into helping me right now? Because I'm finally doing what I love, and I know how hard it is to get to that place. And I want you to be happy because you're my friend. No, I'm not. I've never cared for you. <laughs> wait, wait. Aww. Aww. You're behaving very strangely. Saturn's return. <laughs> she tried to tell him. Yep. I got to go look and see where Saturn was when I was born. Um... It's been a little more than 29 years. Did Saturn years. exist when you were born? You shut your dirty <laughs> mouth. I, that was a very, very sweet uh, scene. It in, was. You know, where April at first is like, you know, I'm not your friend. I mean, yeah. which is just tape, typical April, April yeah. bravado. Yeah. And then, like, she goes, no, wait, come here. And then she she hugs him. Yeah. And which is very sweet. Yeah. You know? Well, they had their bonding back in D.C., DC right? They yeah, sure did. So I, I wasn't shocked by it, but it was nice to see. And it wasn't shocking for her to temporarily uh you know not not admit up to it right yeah well over in council chambers jam seems to be back to his old self and leslie and ron have a hopeful moment of reconciliation before you know dropping the truce altogether right we now cut to city council chambers where we see jam leslie and ron standing together and talking and it looks like at this point jam has his shall we say old a look back yeah, so he looks good he, he, he's no longer a poor man's clone of ron he's That's no right. longer wearing a diaper blah 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 and jam is very appreciative to ron and leslie for helping him break up with tammy and as a result he has decided to abstain from today's vote therefore not harming either one of their sides at least that's how well, yeah because they're both his best friends <laughs> yes yes <laughs> yes they are Hearing this, Leslie is at first frustrated and disappointed since without jam, it's just two to two. Well, sure. So that's why the five, that's how I totaled that. Ah. But it's now it's two to two and it seems like they did all that for nothing. But then we get a really nice moment between Leslie and Ron, which starts with Ron complimenting Leslie on not giving in to Tammy's offer of voting her way. Mm. 
And Leslie takes the compliment in stride and returns it, telling Ron, you know what, you really went above and beyond. You didn't have to help Jam at all, but you did. And the two just stand there, just looking at each other for a few seconds, but this time without scowls on their faces. Yeah. Like they both, like that's been wiped away temporarily. And they like, they, they both appreciate and respect the other, at least for the moment. And then after a few seconds go by, <clears throat> both Leslie and Ron sort of snap out of it and yep. mumble something about, oh, okay, now back to destroy you. And like, okay, goodbye. And then they walk off in separate directions, although maybe with a little bit less heat than they had before. Feels like it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, Mark, finally, and our kicker, Lucy, is settling in at her new job. And uh, Andy celebrates his romantic insight and, of course, ice cream. Oh, ice cream. For our kicker. We cut back to Tom's Bistro, where we see Lucy and Tom sitting together at a table going over some paperwork. And yes, they're doing work, but they're also talking and they're laughing and they're clearly enjoying themselves. The camera then shifts to show Andy standing outside Tom's Bistro by a glass window. So we have a clear view over Andy's shoulder of Tom and Lucy sitting there at the table. And we end the kicker with an Andy talking head where he holds up an ice cream cone. Yeah. Excitedly eats the ice cream, excitedly tells us ice cream is the best, and then he eats some, and he smiles, and then he says as an afterthought, mm, I might have been right about Tom and Lucy, too. Fade to black. Fade to black. Yep. There was a, um, the script was a little different. Did you notice that at the end? Well, for the standard versus the product producer. Cut. Right. Because mm -hmm. he drops the ice cream, right? Well, no, he doesn't have ice cream. In the standard edition... He says, Andy says, this couldn't have worked out any better. And he raises up a plate of spaghetti. Spaghetti, that's what it was. See. That's right. And he's yeah. like, there's a guy that was eating this. And he yeah. didn't finish it. And I'm going to eat it and stuff. He and he's it. like, oh, yeah. And by the way, Tom and Lucy are going to totally fall in love. And then he tries to fork it. And he yeah. drops the plate. Five second rule. Dives down to get it. Fade to black. That's crazy that they would go to that level to do those that differently. Well, you know why? Because the scene that they cut out was about ice cream. In right. the producer's cut. So oh, they, they so feel like they had it. Right. Yeah, right, right. good point. I did not make that connection. You are so right. I know. I know. <laughs> that makes me mad. So mad I want to take a break, Mark. Let's do it. All right. We'll, uh, we'll compare notes. I'll calm down. And then uh, I'll come back with a little less heat, too. And we'll, uh, we'll wrap this thing up. We'll see. We'll try. All right. All right. We'll be right back, everybody. Yep. Hello. This is Ron Swanson. As you may or may not be aware, I have suffered a recent infestation of something so hideous that it chills me to speak its name. To ensure others are not forced to endure the same fate, I recently took an old family remedy for this evil, bottled it, and had it manufactured in a consumer-friendly spray bottle. Tamaway is a corn mash based pest spray guaranteed to keep away flies, millipedes, mosquitoes, ants, stink bugs, and cockroaches, and many types of family members as well, but especially those named Tammy, including the spelling with a Y and I, and even the pesky IE. This spray has also proven effective in keeping away Tamaras, Tamalins, Tamaras, Tamoras, Tomasinas, and even your occasional Tommy, all related names stemming from the Aramaic meaning twin. 
While the name Tammy reached the height of its popularity in the 1960s, it is still a somewhat common nomenclature for naming both evil persons and unwanted objects. So be safe, be smart, but mostly be prepared. You can find Tamaway at Food and Stuff, most bait shops, and of course online at www.getthatbitchawayfromme.com. When picking up your first bottle of Tamaway from your local Food and Stuff, be sure to tell them Ron sent you. Or if ordering online, be sure to input coupon code Petulance. Either way, you will be provided with a second bottle for 50% off. Thank you. That is all. All right, everybody, we're back. Well, hey, Mark, uh, let's talk about our deleted scenes really quick because we actually, like we mentioned, had a couple... Basically, we had about one minute and 18 seconds worth of deleted scenes. Not a lot. Not a lot. Two core scenes. Basically, Joan sitting on the washing machine, <laughs> continuing that bit, doing what I'm guessing were fun runs for Mo, right? Right. So, um, and some of them are very, very funny. I wish I agree. because they had the magic producer's wand and this was a producer's cut. Right. They'd left a few more of those in. I agree. She is very, very funny. Very funny. The other one was okay. The other one was okay. It's just more Chicago scenes, which one of the things I, I want to say about today is I love Chicago. It's one of my favorite cities mm -hmm. in America. It's only three hours from Indy. So we go there a lot. And, um, you know, I was actually there like four weeks ago. And so watching this again today, they, they're standing in some of the locations that my family and I were standing in not that long ago. And it, it's a cool city. I was glad they kind of finally featured it. Um, because I think it's not that unrealistic to have a Pawnee Chicago connection. I agree. It's another hour. Right. So it's not that bad. No. So if you're going to go to a big city in the Midwest, it's really Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. So I like that. Well, hey, Mark, uh, let's get into our tropes first and fun facts and uh, do the thing. All right. Let's do that thing. Yeah. What, um, what you got on first this week? You had like 30 for the last episode. What you got this week? I had so just a tremendous list of first last time. I have one. Okay. I got four. So we, oh, we flopped. Good God. Yeah. Good. I, I just said we first learned that Tammy and Jam have actually been in a relationship of yeah. sorts, I think. Yeah. That's all I got. What do you got? An abusive relationship, clearly. Yeah. And I wrote three years question mark. Right. Yeah, Me too. I, yeah. Um, I like how your voice goes up at the end. Yeah. Well, we knew a guy. We should have. So did. Tom reconnects with Lucy. Another first. Is that the first time that he's ever reconnected? Maybe it is. It, I mean, Maybe it is. In a meaningful way, yes. <clears throat> there was a very, very brief like, like hey, before, right? I, maybe the festival or something like that. Yeah, you know what? I, I think she came to the entertainment seven twenty. That's thing. what it was. Yeah, she came but to that. I think I think you, it's yep, a good point. You're right. Um, we we learned that Lucy has a boyfriend. Mm. We learned that Leslie can do a spot on impression of Tammy. Good God, my God, so good, frightening. Yeah, we've already talked about it, but yeah. man, impressive. Um, that's it for first that I had this week. How about tropes? I got a lot of tropes. All right, let's talk through. I got a uh, punching bag Jerry. Well, yeah. And then Jerry, Gary, Larry, Terry, Harry, Barry, Terry, Mary, Perry. I, I can't keep up with all of them. Yep. Um, I had something that I think we've had before. April is unsure about her life. Yeah. She gets to these points where she's like, she starts to feel like, what am I doing? Like, you know, wh where am I going? Like the first time was when 
it culminated in her becoming the director of animal control. Oh, yeah. So this has happened before, kind of. I think I had this trope as ad herf. April doubts her future. Okay. Yeah, yeah I'll buy yeah, that. Yeah. For sure. Um, April is macabre. Yeah, oh, God, yes. I included this because I think we've had this before, and I think Ben deserves this tip of the hat. I said Ben the mentor. The mentor? The mentor. The mentor. That's right. Yeah. Um, I said manic Ben almost where he nearly panicked at the mortuary It's a very light version of yeah. manic Ben, but almost almost there. I saw it on, on the edge. Yes. He um, was there. Sweet, stupid Andy. Oh my God. A lot. Spades, yeah. Um, food driven Andy, which That's he's been one. before. He has been, and we've never called it out. Good, like good trope. When yeah. Leslie tried to lure him to Chicago for pizza. Yeah. I'm like, babe, we have pizza here. Oh, you're so good at telling me where pizza is. Um, <laughs> Tom the Mogul. Tom the Mogul, yep. Several mugs to the camera. Oh, my. Yeah. Lots of fun with names. Yeah. Um, lousy with Lurpuses. Yes. Yeah, we yeah. haven't had one of those yeah, in a while. In a minute. Um, I said Tammy is evil. Yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of ways to put yeah, that. Yeah. She's um, the she-devil. Ron hates Tammy. Yeah. So it all kind of combines in yeah. together. Yeah. Um, I had STNWP say Tammy's name with a pause. Tammy. Tammy. Right. Yeah. Um, Ron loves gold. He does. Uh, I said food driven Ron because indirectly we see jam consume very specific food and drink to emulate Ron. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Good catch. Um, Morning star. Yes. Is now a trope because we is. don't know what the hell we it is, but it it's is this is the second episode. It's yeah. come up in. And I said also, this is one we haven't had for a while. I don't think city hall murals. I, mm. I saw at least one when Leslie and Ron exited council chambers and ran into Tam and Tam and Jamie, uh, jam and Tammy. I believe it's the one that depicts the battle at Coniga Creek and they frequently have to cover up the gory parts with like a yes. poster or print yeah. out of Indiana labor laws or something. Right. Anyway, uh, that's all I had. Plus the, the, the murals are also in council chambers, So we just see them in the background there too. Oh my so, gosh. You're yeah. right. Yeah. I've, I've missed that every single time. It, you're it's exactly because right. You just don't think about it because they're so kind of ubiquitous throughout this building now. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I only had two additional ones. I had Joan Calamezzo is crazy. Mm. And then yes. uh, the variant is Joan Calamezzo is Joan Calamezzo, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, we learned that this week. And then I had uh, Ron, Ron Cabins mm. or Rabins. That's a great <laughs> yeah. one. Because, you know, that's a thing, too. That's where he buries his gold. Our, so we think. Yeah. He, we can't prove it. I've said too much. I've said too much. How about the goofs or fun facts, Mark? I I saw some goofs on the wide wide world of web, and yeah, I didn't same. think that any of them were interesting enough to bring up. But the Pavlovian one's probably the one that's interesting to me because he, you know Pavlovian responses were when Pavlov he calls dogs and they'd salivate, right? right. So it's that response. This instead is technically aversion therapy where you give them something positive that associate along with the pain and then they no longer want that high. Pavlovian so. would have been if they had just sprayed him with Tammy's perfume and watched him go, oh, yes, that would have been Pavlov. That's correct. They built on the Pavlovian response yes. to build the aversion. Very yeah, good. You got it. So we're, we're, we're professionals here at LFP Worldwide Headquarters. Of course and we are. Neither of us have our degrees. No. In, in psychology. At least. No. Um, hey, Mark, uh, fun facts then. Fun facts. Um, 
so this episode, uh, th- there's a line where Lucy said, everyone's in a really great mood, Matt, new mood now because of the Cubs winning the series. And Amazing. the Cubs did, in fact, win the World Series in 2016, making that prediction come true. Come true. Yeah. Um, I love this. When 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 Jam and Leslie and Ron have their big showdown at yeah. the library. Oh, yeah. Um, as you look through the library, there are actually several books uh, that can be seen very clearly in the background, including uh, at, at 17 minutes and 18 seconds, you can see a fake book, Air Force None by Gay Perella, which is the show's property master. And apparently this this book showed up before in season four, episode 17 campaign shake up. Really? Uh, which introduced us to Jennifer Barkley and a- ah. Amy's just sitting there. Amy, uh, April, excuse me, is sitting there reading it. And Anne's like, you stop reading that. You got to help us with this water fountain thing where people go and put their whole mouth over it. Oh, wow. Yuck. I'll um, have to ask him about that. If we can get him on the show. I, we've made contact, but that hasn't happened. So yet. that's the second time this fake book has yeah, appeared love on the it. show. Um, also at 1718, if you freeze frame it uh, in a nod to the great show Psych. Yeah. There's a book that is entitled A Mind is a Terrible Thing to Read by William Rabkin, which I know because Are I you, have this book. You're holding it up right now. I'm holding it up That's right now. That's the book in the show. This is the literal book in the shot. That It's, it's when Tammy has her first re, doubtful reaction that Jam is actually going to stand up to her. It's literally in the shot. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Love it. Absolutely. That's terrific. Um, A little bit later... Uh, at 1727, you can see the fake book Game of Jones, yeah. which was referred to earlier in the episode. Online, they claim that the book Love Life by Rob Lowe is visible. I couldn't find it. I couldn't find it. I, I, I carefully went through. I went through the producer's cut. I kind of forgot to look at it in the standard cut. I wonder if maybe it's just an extra frame or two there. You know what? I had. I didn't think about that. Maybe that's yeah, it. It could be. Um. So that's kind of interesting. Um, when Andy is flicking through Tom's grizzle page, he flicks onto the page of one of Tom's cousins, Sadie Ansari, Love which it. is clearly a reference to Aziz Ansari. Yeah. Um, the lawyer in the meeting that had the Jones rehab thing oh, yeah, uh, yeah. is named Victoria Herzog, right? Which is the, the Tip last of the hat name of a Werner, yeah. Warner, yeah, yeah, who appeared in the previous episode that's as right. the creepy uh, yeah. house owner there. Yeah. Um, Jam did several things when he kind of tried to transition into Ron, including yeah. he wore the same brown long sleeve T-shirt. He grew the same mustache. Yeah. I mean, kind of. You can't yeah. ever exactly emulate yeah. that manly mustache. No one same can. haircut and parting-ish, only eating steak and whiskey and dining at Ron's preferred steakhouse. I mean, now that Mulligan's is gone. Yeah, well, that, that would have been his first choice. So, yeah. But yeah, that that's um, that's all I got. It would be healthier to have eaten at Mulligan's, even with the health department code against it, than it would be to try to live this lifestyle that Tammy wants. Yes, I think that's <laughs> so, true. Yeah. Oh, boy. The, the, I got more to say on that, but we'll, we'll come back to that right. here in our scores. Um, I, I only had one additional thing I mentioned this uh, in the last episode as well. I started noting who we're going to say goodbye to. Okay. This, as far as the production run of the show. Yes. Not including the 2020 special. Right. Thank you, Mark. This is Megan Mullally's last episode as Tammy Swanson. And what a what a final hurrah. I mean, wait, what a way to go out. Yeah. Naked and screaming and telling everyone knocking to get it on over. with her and knocking stuff over. So good. Yeah. Holy crap. Uh, John Glazer as Councilman Jeremy Jam. I think you're right. Uh, Kevin Simons, who's been on our show. 
wonderful guest. His last appearance is Dex Hart. Oh, wow. In the canon episodes. And I don't think he's in the 2020 special. No. No. Uh, and Yvonne Jourdain as Councilman Hauser. Wow. So who, should we tell people? Uh, sure. Yeah. We've got, uh, we've got an interview coming up with him. And uh, hopefully we're going to be playing that as part of the episode today. That would be fantastic. Yeah. So, and uh, we'll see how that goes. But um, yeah, so, the, you know, mostly uh, the, uh, and I thought perhaps it might be Councilman Milton's last appearance too, like just wipe out the whole city council. He's got one more. Really? Yep. Which I thought was interesting. So with his new haircut. Oh, I yeah. love that. Holy crap. <laughs> wow. Well, Mark, I think that does it for at least this week for our exit list. I'm sure we missed some people at the end of season six. We'll see if we can call them out in a week where we don't have as many departures. But right. um, why don't we move into our scores and let's finish this thing up. All right. Scoring incoming. Um, well, Alan, I, I, uh, I chose co-MVPs uh, this week. Uh, my co-MVPs for this episode are Amy Poehler as Leslie Nope and Nick Offerman as Ron Swanson. Okay. So for me, the A story was magnificent. It was by far the funniest and most engaging and most interesting story of the three. Having said that, I really wanted to give four-way co-MVP yeah. to the quartet of Leslie, Ron, Tammy, and Jam. I'll help you out. All four of them did a magnificent, magnificent job. Like they all had parts in this episode that made me involuntarily oh, laugh yeah. out loud. Truly. And even had parts where I felt for them a little bit, you know? Part of me wanted to give the co-MVP awards to Megan Mullally and John Glazer, especially because if you don't count the 2020 special, this is Megan Mullally's last appearance on the show, which right. you just said. In the end, I thought Leslie and Ron added to the episode a little bit more than Tammy and Jam did, especially in light of the difficult nature of Leslie and Ron's relationship. Ma maybe that for me, that's what put it over the edge. But okay. the other two, very deserving. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, like I said, the A story was, for all practical purposes, Mark's opinion. Perfect. It showcased Ron with all the great things that make him Ron Swanson. It, it also showed Leslie as her intense, slightly crazy, but ultimately kind self. Yeah. Without dipping true. into the Leslie traits that we sometimes don't care for so much. In fact, Leslie even poked a little fun at herself when she admitted, you can trust my opinion because I have a lot to gain by being right. And I have severe tunnel vision about achieving my goals. Boom. And she did a, she did a line like that last week as well. Yes, she did. Which I love. Uh, I do too. And as I've already said, you know, Tammy and Jam were outstanding. Jam because he's very weird and funny, but you genuinely feel for him in this episode. And Tammy because she is freaking crazy and brings the humor 100% oh, yeah. of the time yeah. without fail. No, oh, yeah. Just no shame whatsoever either. Brilliant. Yeah. Plus, I got to tell you, Alan, like we already talked about, about I got to say it again. My jaw hit the floor. When I heard Amy Poehler's impersonation of Megan Mullally, it was so good. It was so good. It was creepy good. It makes me want to go practice it. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you big hunk of wiener meat. Oh my God. <laughs> Is that good? It's That's not good. It's, it's not bad. Yeah, I got to work on Just it. Keep okay. working on it. This is Tammy Swanson. No, that doesn't work. No, that um, doesn't work right, So last week for the season seven premiere. Yeah. I had said then that the B and C stories, meh, like they, they weren't. Bad, but they yeah. weren't nearly as good as that episode's A story. And I wish that they had been a little bit stronger. This episode, I thought they did much better. Now, I would still say that the A story was like the real powerhouse of the three. And I think structurally it should be. Yes. 
But for my money, I like the B and C stories in this episode much better than last week's. And I found myself more engaged as a result. Good call. I'm sure that part of that has to do with, you know, six, six and a half, whatever minutes worth of extra material. Yeah. Including three scenes that were completely taken out for the standard version. In fact, I found it interesting. Those three scenes are split evenly amongst our three stories, which I just thought was. Each (laughs) storyline kind of had one big extra scene. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And I also liked how they were they were split up, by the way. You know how sometimes I'll kind of count how many scenes go to what stories? Yeah, you track that. Um, it, it went 11 for the A story, 8 for the B story, 7 for the C story. So yes, it was heavy on the side of the A story, which I suppose is apropos, but yeah. it wasn't that lopsided, which I kind of like. Which, which to me would say, argue for... To tell a compelling B and C story, you have to give them their their fair shrift, right? I would agree. Okay. All right. With very few exceptions. Yep. I also like the pairings in this one. Mm. It, it's been a while since we've had a good Andy Tom story or yeah. a Ben and April story. You know, we talked about how the, when they were in DC, in DC, they kind of bonded. And yeah. I, I kind of like that. They're they, a good pairing. They yeah, are. Yeah. Surprisingly. Yeah. And we actually got a Ron Leslie pairing by somewhat by accident, so to speak, in that they had to team up here. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, involuntary. Involuntary. Yes. Yes. And I found it satisfying to see Ben want to help April so much, especially when April let her guard down and hug Ben. So yeah. like really nice moment. I, I wish there had been a tad bit more Donna and Jerry. Although having said that, I felt like they were at least represented in this episode and had some good lines. So it wasn't egregious or anything. It was mm-hmm. just something I noticed. Um, I like Natalie Morales as Lucy a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that she's great. I think she's very funny. She's very talented. I thought she was just maybe a slight bit wasted in the sense that she was maybe a little bit too much of a straight, straight yeah. woman. I mean, it, I, I think that I think that jives with how we also felt about Tatiana Masolani. Yes. When she played Tom's girlfriend. And so maybe it's Tom's fault. But maybe I mean, both of them did a fine, fine job. Good. I just. I know they can be funny and I kind of wish they had had a opportunity to go. "Eh." Um, And, you know, on a similar note, though, to be fair, Alan, you and I have said this on many times, uh, you know, as we bid farewell to some of the councilmen, Hauser, Dexart, Milton, those guys are very funny in their own right. And, and, And I feel conflicted because on the one hand, I appreciate how seeing them in the background kind of helps to like flesh out this semi living universe of Pawnee. I get it. Yeah. And I appreciate that at the same time. It just, it's like, I go, Oh, what a, what a treasure trove of comedic talent that just, I I know that they could do more with, you know what I mean? And and along the way, certainly Kevin Simons and councilman Milton, uh, James green, James green. I, they've had a chance to flex their comedic muscles, even in brief moments. And I don't feel like Yvonne's has ever had that. So I'm, I'm anxious to see what how our interview. I agree goes. with you. Yeah. I, I think that he's had some decent reactionary moments to yeah. others. Like when he Leslie plays would a be- perfect straight guy, like, you know, catching Leslie in the act of doing something stupid. Nobody does that better. I completely agree. Yeah. Good call. Yeah. All right, Alan, I've, I've, I've uh, rambled long enough onto the crazy, crazy Mark Rubert. So right. here we go and don't get stuck. Uh, put on your helmet. So I'm going to give this sucker a 4.5 base score. Um, a story was magnificent. And I thought the B and C story were good. Yeah. And in a way, 
I felt like all three stories helped in some way to set up the rest of season seven. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give one entire point for what I considered a great job by my episode co-MVPs, Amy Poehler as Leslie Nope and Nick Offerman as Ron Swanson. Um, I'm going to give half a point for what I thought was a decent use of the comedic bench, plus a nice list of guest stars, including the marvelous Megan Mullally as mm-hmm. Tammy Two, which again, final appearance, yep. unless you count the 2020 special, which personally I do. I, I do. What a farewell for what yeah. they thought was going to be your final appearance. Yeah, they didn't appearance. know. Yep. The jovial John Glazer as Councilman Jeremy Jam, the magnificent Mo Collins as Joan Calamezzo, um, the great Natalie Morales as Lucy Santo Domingo. Uh, and then you got the, our, our councilman, uh, yeah. the, the great Yvonne's Jourdain as yeah. Councilman Hauser, the great Kevin Simons as Sexy Dexy Councilman Bill Dexhart, yeah. the great James Green, rest in peace, as uh, Councilman Milton. Uh, and we also had Jeff Harlan as Dan Candle, the oh, mortuary it, manager. Yeah. Mary Holland as Victoria Herzog, which was the lawyer that Joan interviewed oh, yeah. that should have been she anonymous. Her, yes. Yeah. And Brooke Balmer, who played Marcy, the shushing librarian. <laughs> and has done so before. Yes. I don't remember if she shushed in those episodes, but we've definitely seen her as part of Tammy's evil entourage. Yes. Yes. Um, I'm going to... I'm going to give uh, half a point for what I call the jammy combo. Jammy's great. An extra special tip of the hat to Megan Mullally as Tammy Two and John Glazer as Councilman Jerry Jam, who are both great and serve to really, really bring the A story to life. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, uh, you know, a very nice final appearance for Tammy Two, except the 2020 special. But, you know, I I, I just love Tammy Two. Megan Mullally is so perfect. Yeah. Um, half point for what I call the deprogramming combo. The scenes in the Swanson cabin where Leslie and Brilliant. Rom team up to deprogram Jam are their comedy gold, Jerry. It's they're like the gold. comedic version of every 70s television show about deprogramming somebody, but funny. Oh, it's so good. Plus, again, Amy's Megan impersonation, jaw-dropping. <laughs> um, half point for what I call the library combo. Yeah. This, this showdown... I. I can't overstate it enough. Yeah. I love the showdown. I know that, that was there. I'm sad we won't see the library anymore. <laughs> the the entire showdown that took place between Tam and Tammy and Jam, who was flanked by Leslie and Ron, was just so perfect right down to the very end, wherein enraged and 100% naked Tammy Two goes on a violent sex rampage, knocking down every bookholder in sight while simultaneously asking who wants to who get wants it on. It? Oh my gosh. It's not a bad final appearance. No, it's really not. Um, I'm going to give half point for what I call the April Ben combo. I like seeing these two together once again, you know, since their DC days. And especially when they can not only bring the funny, but some sweet moments as well. I'm going to give half point for what I call the Joan combo. The Pawnee Walk of Fame honoring Joan plus April's talking heads about how crazy Joan is. Plus Joan (laughs) interacting with Ben in the public. Priceless. Half point for that. I'm not going to give one final half point for what I, I've called in the past the bookend combo. Mm. The reveal in the cold open that Jam and Tammy are an item, plus the final scene in Tom's Bistro with Tom and Lucy, Lucy at the table and Andy hovering outside. Very good. Half point for that. So you add up all those crazy mark points and you get nine little Sebastians for the standard edition. That was standard. All right. I'm adding a half point on for the production for the producer's cut. All right. So I'm giving this sucker a 9.5 little Sebastian score. I, I, I gotta tell you, 
I remember this episode in general. I didn't really, really, really remember it to this degree. And Alan, quite how funny I, it was, I yeah. liked it a lot more than I expected it to. It had great guest stars. Leslie and Ron teamed up despite their differences. We got to see hilarious moments, some heartfelt moments, some plot-relevant twists, and we still have this big mystery. What is Morningstar? As evidenced by my score, I especially like the producer's cut, with I think my, and I already said this, but my favorite addition for the producer's cut being the scene where Leslie comes to Jam's office to ask him to lunch, yeah. and he's worried Tammy bugged his office. Yeah. Like, oh, Not even in the standard, yeah. Slam. I love that. It's just yeah. simply hysterical. All right, 9.5, buddy. That's my review. Rock the Scoober. So you're putting this up there with other 9.5 episodes. Keeping in mind, we've only ever had two 10.0 episodes, right? Or are we up to three? Is it three with the end of season six? I think it is. <clears throat> I think that was our third, if you count that it, as it, one it episode. It depends on how you look at it, because I, the first one we Fair. had was the finale of season three. That's correct. Which was a producer's cut. It was. Next one, we had Leslie and Ben, which was the only normal size episode that got a complete 10 across the board. That's right. And this broke the Mark rubric horribly. I remember this. But yeah. based on how you look at it, I would say the double episode for season one premiere and the double episode for the season six finale. Did I say season one premiere? You did, but I knew what you meant. The, the yeah. season six premiere and the season six finale taken on their own as a single unit, I have no choice but to give it the highest score possible. And I think you would agree with that. I do. I just, I, I remember a lot of really good episodes that I wanted to give a 10 to, but couldn't for some reason. So there's a whole slew of 9.5s out there. I'm just questioning whether or not this is a 9.5. I tell you what, I had that exact same thought in my head. And I said, do I think this is as funny as, let's say, the original flu season? Okay. My answer... Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 for me, I honestly do. I loved this episode way more than I expected to, but I'm sorry. Okay. This is your review. Buddy. No, no, it's all good. I, I, I question that cause I think it, it, it plays in well to where I'm, I'm going to go, but I, I, we did the same thing in terms of, I also gave it an extra half point for the producers cut over the standard cut. Um, so my, my, my MVPs. I, get, I went on and I did it. I gave the, the MVP, co-MVPs to John Glazer and Megan Mullally. Awesome. Like, I, I just felt like, because again, I know I'm going to have a chance to honor Amy and Nick again. So I kind of wanted to do that here. I was thinking a little bit forward. I understand why you did what you did and it wasn't wrong. Um, but neither is this. Because I mean. I, Definitely I mean, not. It's really rare. First of all, guest stars can either be really good or just okay. There's hardly any bad ones out there, right? Right. I don't think there have been. We've certainly argued that some of them have eaten up a little too much screen time, right? Fred Armisen, hilarious. Hilarious. But again, I think it imbalanced the episode. And we've talked about that episode a few times. That's the that key reason. phrase. Yeah. It's not Fred's fault per no. se. It's that it imbalanced it. It did. And his material is amazing. And it's the best part of the episode. Yeah. That was the problem with the episode though. Yeah. Here... They were at high, high risk of doing that by having a storyline like this, where you had two such great comedic talents just chewing up the screen, yeah. almost like with Amy and Nick in their shadows. And yet the foursome is brilliant. Yeah. Like it's, it's probably the best. I would say this. It may be one of the best standalone A stories of the series. It, I, it's I in agree. the top five easy. I'll and, say that. And I'll tell you what, your choice in co-MVPs makes me feel a lot better 
about my choice because yeah. I want to tip the hat to them. Yeah. And I think this is the right time to do it. Um, one, again, hilarious. And two, they're exiting, right? That's right. the reason to do it this week. Um, they've both had standout appearances so far at, and previously in these same characters, but somehow putting them together, just amazing. Like Even yeah. the, the brief glimpse we got of it in the season six finale was funny. Yes, it was. And it was really fun to watch Diane and Ron enjoy putting these two together in right. a very evil way, making this evil recipe of evil. Um Poor Jam, though, three years later, so abused. And, yeah. And John's appear or John's ability to kind of show how beaten down this character was was brilliant. I agree. It really was. So um Ten. <laughs> so anyway, moving on. Um <laughs> I I mentioned Chicago. I love that they set the the B story. No, C story. Which is it? I, I forget what order we did them this week. Doesn't really matter. The, 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 the Lucy, Tom and Andy story in Chicago. Um, I, I love the, the C story. It was the C story. Yeah. I thought, I thought it might've been. And, and sometimes it's hard to say, which is it B and C. I know. And then I just do it based on whatever order they show up on the screen. Me too. Yeah. So, um, I, I like that storyline. I felt like you did that. It could have been maybe a tad funnier. Um, and again, I, I also had the same thought that, you know, they might've, um, underused Natalie a little bit there. Um, but she'll be back. So we'll see if they, maybe we get a little more, a little more opportunity for her to let her comedic talent shine in the future. Um, sweet, stupid Andy. I mean, just <laughs> ice cream thinking he's in New York, thinking that Chicago's called the bean town, but not Boston. Like he's just, those are just great. Andy believing for a second that he's actually going to work for a nonprofit. I know like, he oh, was so man. convinced he had to find like, does he really want to stay in Chicago? Right. Oh wait, this is fake. Right. Right. Yeah. So that was, there's true. even a part of the scene where Tom says, Andy, it's just you and me. Do you really think you're moving here? <laughs> yeah. And the cab does great. Yeah. And the $800 cab ride is also terrific too. I think we've had that cabbie before. We may have, I think so. I can't remember if we got a guest credit for him or not, but, um, I, the Leslie improvising is Tammy. I won't dwell on it anymore because we've already said a lot about it. But the first time I was just caught so off guard, I was certain it was lip sync. <laughs> I was certain of it. it's that good. And again, like you said, Mark, if you haven't seen it lately, just go ahead and check it out. It's on Peacock. There's enough of it in the standard episode that even if you only have access to it, it's still really good. Look at it this way. Yeah. Blindfold yourself. Have Megan Mullally say the line, have and Amy Poehler say the line. See if you can tell the difference. Yeah. I, I don't th think you can. It's very slight. It's certainly Pepsi and Coke, but probably not even that close because Pepsi's gross. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Sorry. We're not sponsored by Pepsi, as a matter of fact. So, and never will be, apparently. But, you know, well, not now. Not now. Yeah. Yeah. It, diet Pepsi is okay. Cherry Pepsi is excellent. Regular Pepsi. Eh. I actually like Diet Pepsi better than Diet Coke because the tang that Pepsi has that makes it off-putting for some people, I think enhances the diet flavor. I've heard other people argue that. Mm. I'm on the fence. I could go either way. So anyway, back to the show. Yeah, we won't yeah. get sponsored by them. Go ahead. I love the truce moment and just getting to see that Leslie and Ron have this moment where they get to appreciate each other's humanity again. And I think they're briefly reminded of all the things that made them friends. I just can't wait to see what Morningstar is as a viewer, because it must be really big for even a moment like this, not to be enough to like 
maybe mend the fence. They go right back to dropping. At least they say they go back to dropping pretenses and they're, they're at war once again, even if it doesn't involve a heart on the O and, you know, right. Whatever the O was in the cookie. I don't remember now. Um, I don't know. No, uh, no was it one more? No, I forget. It was the, it was the four. I think it's it? four F O R. Yeah. And she put a little heart on the O. Yeah. So, cause even Leslie just can't be that mean. prepare for war, prepare for war. That was it with the O and the four. I think that heart. was it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you'd think I'd remember that since we just did that episode, but Hey, you know, <laughs> a lot can happen in one week. Oh my gosh. So, so th- that, that moment in particular in the A story, I think was another thing that I really thought just sold the whole A story as a whole. Um, the B story, um, you know, April trying to figure out what she wants to do in the future. I get it. Everybody's kind of had their vision quest moment. Um, this was funny. I thought putting it in the funeral home was a good nod of the hat to April's Wendyisms. Yeah. You know, but at the same time, I also felt like that story was just maybe missing a little bit of something outside of the moments she had with Ben. I would agree. So the, those two could have been better. And for me, I gave the producer's cut a nine. I gave the standard cut an eight and a half. And I feel strongly that the, the, those three little additions and a couple extensions added up to six minutes, roughly, you could almost argue a full point difference between the two without it. I could see that. It really sold the, the production uh, cut. So, you know, that is thankfully what's on Peacock. So if you have Peacock access, go watch it there because you get to see the whole 27 minute episode. And I think you would agree. We've we've had some production producers cut that it's not that they're bad, but they don't quite oomph. Like they don't quite add as much pound for pound yeah. as this did and as some others have. I'd agree with that. Or or you could also say it the opposite way that the standard edition is so good on its own that they're just the 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 rest is just icing on the cake that's already a tasty cake. I could see that. Here I felt like it was two different cakes. <laughs> yeah, it really was um, because I felt like the story just wasn't as fully complete without those scenes. And, you know, not only did they enhance the scenes, but they they made them a little more. They sold them better. I, I guess that's the way to say it. I would so, agree with that. Yeah. So anyway, so eight and a half standard nine producers, little Sebastians. I'm right. You're sort of right. <laughs> but we're never that far off. Well, we're, we're a half point off for both the standard and the producers cut. Yeah. Um, pretty normal for us. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, so that's 7.2 Mark. I know we have 10 more to go. I'm freaking out a little bit, you know, I'm like Leslie thinking about her retirement when she takes that one day off. What else is she going to do with her time? I don't know. What are we going to do after this? I have to find some sort of hobby. I need to find friends and a hobby because I mean, yeah. I'm not, I'm not likable on my own. So I have to, (laughs) I have to find some hook. You need a hook. I do. Yeah. I, I think what I might do is clean my garage for the first time in four years. <laughs> <laughs> I've been, it's been encouraged within Not the family it. that I should do that. <laughs> and by me as well. In fairness. Maybe we could do a podcast about you cleaning out your garage. That would be a, a fabulous stuff. podcast. We'll get so many views on that. Our listens, whatever you do with a podcast. Yeah, you view them. That's well, fine. I'm going to figure this out one of these days. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. All right. Hold on. Let me shut Rubonstein down. Oh, yeah, down. yeah. All I right. forgot. All right, Rubonstein. Thank you, sir. I'm shutting you down. All right. That sounded like a clean shutdown. I, we've got to remember to shut the murder bot off. Otherwise, well, bad things happen.
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's the Windows screensaver. Okay, it's, okay, it, it's on now. You know All it's right. good then. Maybe we'll get Carvey fixed and fully repaired and get him on here. <sighs> I, I can only hope so. I don't the engineers want have been working on him this whole time. I don't know. I see them just drinking a lot of coffee. I don't know what they really do back there. They do kind of hang out at Arbex a little bit. I know. We might want to check that out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Check, check their little card they get the punches on and see how many punches they have compared to us. Oh, I bet they have a lot. Oh, well, then they're definitely not doing their job. I know. That's what I'm saying. All right. Well, we're going to restrict their privileges from now on. So, (laughs) all right, everybody. Thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. Go out and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or any of your favorite podcast platforms, please. And thank you. And uh, we look forward to seeing you next time. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye, everybody. Live from Pawnee is a copyrighted production of the creators. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Original music was created and performed by Aaron Emerson of Emerson Studios. Clips are used under fair use doctrine for the purpose of commentary and parody. Please see our website at livefrompani.com for more details or to contact us. Hi, everybody. We're... (laughs) (laughs) Good start, man. Oh, my God. We're tired. That's what we are. All right. Let's try that again. Beep.